Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. Uh, this is another journal episode. Um, if you have benefited from this, um, from this podcast, from these books, um, it's my pleasure and I'm glad to hear it. If you'd like to continue to support this effort of mine, you can do that at the infinitesparkofbeing.com. Um, there's a Patreon, Venmo, store, all sorts of shit. Um, it's all appreciated. Um, but, uh, yesterday I, uh, posted, uh, it was the three year anniversary, which I said two, I think in the post, I don't know, my math's fucked up, but, um, three year anniversary of the, the death of my mother. And I usually, I post the, the same caption and everything that I originally posted when she died. Uh, and what I find is a lot of people get a lot out of it. Uh, they identify with it. And, and it's beneficial to them. Um, so that's why I do that. A lot of you reached out. Um, let's see if I was okay. I'm fine. <laughs> um, I will say this. Every year that goes by with that date um, or a holiday or my birthday especially for some reason, um, it gets a little, it stings a little more but I move through it a little faster. It's got a sweetness to it, a, a bitter sweetness. Um, yesterday was also um, close, a person close to me's uh, birthday. And so uh, that was fun to mash those two things together. And, you know, the, the positivity of that person and their birthday was actually very, uh, uh, therapeutic, um, for me. Uh, anyway, um, I feel like I'm umming and eyeing a lot. I apologize. I'm trying to get across the street and this box truck's just gonna try to, all right. Um, so there was three things I was going to talk about. One of three things. And I find that they all kind of go together, which is karma, fate, and uh, non-attachment to the outcome. Uh, yesterday, I had uh, the idea to talk about fate uh, because that was one of the, um, I want to say arguments or questions I had as a kid that would, uh, if I asked that question, it would usually result in more inappropriate behavior from the staff at this church and school, but real quick, a side note, something I noticed, um, <clears throat> I was thinking about this. I was talking to a client about it and honestly, it never, it never dawned on me. I understood that a portion of my personality, like when I take a personality test, I always test very high for controller, analyst, entitlement, unrelenting standards. So, um, the, uh, piece of control, I understood that because it's like, well, when bad things are happening to you as a kid, you learn that, you know, you try to control everything so that you can stay safe. And I hadn't really looked at one of those methods of control, which was, I knew certain things. Um, there were the things that I would quote unquote, get in trouble for and be punished. Uh, and there, there were ludicrous things. There were things that you should never punish a child for. And nobody else was being punished for these things, but me. And I'm very confident in saying that because I was the only one locked inside of a prayer closet and I was there quite often for eight years and nobody else had that experience. 
Um, I also didn't get the pleasure of watching someone get um, abused and certain anyway. Um, so there were certain things that I would say or do that would result in me getting hurt. Well, I started doing those things more often. And there were times that it was like, I would, it was almost this relief to just say it and take the punishment because in that way, sorry, I could control what was happening to me in a, in a weird backdoor way. I want to say no pun intended, but it's so fucking rude. Um, but can't pass up the joke. So that was interesting. But one of the questions I always had as a child and as a, a teenager in my whole fucking life, you know, I was always taught that God knows your life the second you're born or when you're conceived or whatever fucking fairy tale horse shit they tell you in church. And, um, that there's a plan for you, you know, and that gets thrown in your face when bad things happen. Well, there's a plan and that plan, you know, if you're just righteous and faithful, then the plan seems better. I, it doesn't, you, you, you see where it might, it's like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And honestly, if you're one of these people, I don't know, go listen to Joel Osteen. I don't need you. Um, but, you know, and all, oh, the other thing was when we pray is like, thy will be done. Then why am I praying? The fuck is the point? And I went over the prayer part and why I think prayer is beneficial and and how it might work neurologically. Right. And I I don't know, last episode or maybe episode four. Also, um, everyone cites those, some this study they did on like whether prayer was beneficial or not, but they didn't just use, it wasn't just Christian praying. They also used mantras and shit like that. So, you know, the next time a Christian wants to tell you how the benefits of prayer be like, well, it turns out in the same study, you know, mantras in Sanskrit were also beneficial. So, you know, um, but you got to ask yourself, is there like, cause because you wonder about this fate thing. And then you also know that if you could have done something else, you would have done something else. And having the ability to do something else, or rather knowing that you could have doesn't mean you have the ability to do it. Like knowing I could move my foot to the left doesn't mean I have the ability to move my foot to the left in that moment. And just because I can move my foot to the left all the time at will, whenever, doesn't mean that in that specific moment I was able to. Also, um, if you were able to think different thoughts that would have resulted in different feelings in the body that would have resulted in also different thinking, then earn more different thinking than you would have. So this is interesting, right? Like, you start to take things apart and it's like, well, yeah, I should have said this and I should have said that. It's like, should you have? Well, yeah, of course I should have. Well, could you have? Because could have only works if the ability is there. 
And if the ability was there, you would have done it. And should have can only work if could have. Again, back to ability. So, I don't know. Like, I think when we think about free will and decision making, there's this fallacy of it being instantaneous. When I think what has to happen is we have to train the mind to present things differently to us. And over time, as the presentation changes, then we start thinking different and doing different. But until then, you're not going to suddenly, you know, just suddenly do something so fucking insane. Like, sometimes people be like, oh, this was totally out of their character. And I think about like, no, it's not. This makes perfect sense for them. You know, and usually I can explain it in a way where they see that. So fate, I don't know. I know this. I have some weird underlining belief in the concept. And I don't know where it comes from. But I do know this. Things will always happen exactly the way they happen. Notice I didn't say supposed to happen or destined to. I just say no. It just happens the way it happens. And usually it's us thinking about it as a past event that elicits all of this should have, would have, could have stuff. But in the moment, you see what I'm saying? In the moment, could you have? I don't know if it could have been different. It probably would have, but it wasn't. And when we do this should have and could have thing, you know, just ask yourself, well, now what? Now what? Like, what are you going to do now? You know, so that kind of leads me to um, karma and lack of attachment or a non-attachment to an outcome. So karma is the predisposition of the mind to attraction and aversion. Karma is not what is happening. Karma is how the mind relates to what is happening. Right? Um, Fate, uh, karma, it all gets very strange. And so this non-attachment thing is more like I'm going to do exactly what I'm going to do. Like if if I'm always doing my best, this is another thing that's weird. It's like in the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz at the end when he says always do your best. Like that's one of the Four Agreements. But it's like okay, I'll always do my best, but everything that I'm doing is always my best. And he says that. He's like, it's going to change from time to time. I deal with people who are just, they've trashed their fucking lives, you know, and you look at them and you're like, this was your best. And it's depressing. He's like, Jesus, really? He's like, yeah. Now, if that, that person decides then, like, well, fuck this then. Jesus, if I can't do any better that person probably won't do any better. But the person that looks at that and goes, no, nah, we're going to, we, we got to do better than that. That person has a chance because now you go, okay, well, how do I get better at it? All right, so here's what you got to do. You start training the mind to witness the world differently so that it pre- presents you with different possibilities in a different situation. Karma is the predisposition of the mind to attraction and aversion. How is the mind relating to what happens? 
Hopefully you're seeing the connection in all of this. You do what you do because that's what you're doing. Right? There's, I've mentioned it before, that Albert Camus essay where he says, Sisyphus suffered because for a moment, Sisyphus had hope. Well, what was Sisyphus supposed to do if not hope that the boulder would stay up at the top? Well, maybe Sisyphus just rolls the boulder because that's what he's doing. So this is about presence as well. If I'm rolling the boulder, each time my hand is on the boulder, that's all I'm doing. I'm just rolling the boulder. And I get to the top and it rolls down. Well, I just roll the boulder. So it doesn't matter where the boulder is. I just roll it. You know, it's like running. You just, well, don't, you don't look at how far you have to, it's just, look, I'm just, I'm running. I put this foot here, then this foot, then this foot, then this foot. Or climbing, you know, the climbing gym. It's like, well, you're right here on this hold. You have to move to the next one. It doesn't matter much how you feel about it. You're just supposed to be going up. So you just continue to go up. It's one of my favorite things when a client will yell, where do I go? And I just yell back up. Go into the light and away from the voices. Um, yeah. So prayer, as far as fate goes, it's like, I don't know, so what if I don't have, then you get into like, okay, so if prayer is just the repetition of an idea until the subconscious mind learns to look for the possibility of that idea becoming true, okay. But what if I don't even have the neurology to do that? Well, then you're not, probably not even asking the question. If you don't even have the brains or the mind to even be somebody who would ask that, then that, again, that's mute, I guess they would say, if I'm using that word right. If, um, you know, it's like you start doing, you start running, right? And you go for a run and, uh, you know, you kind of dogged it. And then somebody goes, you know, you could have done better. And you say, well, yeah, I know I could have done better. All right, well, why didn't you? Well, I was feeling this and I was feeling that. Okay, so in that moment, you couldn't have done anything else. In that moment, you couldn't have done better because that was your best in that moment. Now you look back at it and you're like, yeah, I could have done better. That means, okay, so we train harder. We just got to get better at it, right? That's kind of how I see fate. That's kind of how I see karma. If I didn't like that experience, then I'm going to want to work with my mind to refine the way it views the world so that I can have a different experience. That goes back to the idea of spiritual practice is not about you know, putting your foot behind your head and mantraing until the world changes for you or until God takes pity on you and makes it easier for you or whatever it is. It's not that at all. It's about like training the mind to see the world differently. And then that improves your karma, that improves your circumstance. Because now you start to see the possibility for better things more often, more readily. You know, the people that we meet, they're in our mind. Their personality, their who they are is just a it's a concept in your mind. Because if somebody else sees them differently, that's a concept in their mind as well. And there's who they think they are. So 
it's another way to look at like the people are going to do what they do because that's what they do and if they want to do different they're going to have to try harder and do different some of them aren't wired for it they're not wired to even ask the question a lot of the people listening to this right now you're wired to ask these questions you're wired for this kind of curiosity you're wired to experience discomfort and pain and want to know, okay, what is this about and how do I improve it? Some people aren't. I meet them all the time. They're convinced the whole world's fucked and it's the world's fault that they're an addict or that they're an alcoholic or whatever the fuck. They're all the same. No, it's not the world. And you can, yeah, traumatic experience, yada, yada, yada. Well, now what? You either have the wiring or the fortitude to make a change you don't. Some people learn how to do that, though. But also, they had the wiring to even learn. It's hard, man. This is weird. Like, not everybody gets to live. And I don't mean, like, from a physiological, like, or, or, like, a bodily place. I mean, just to enjoy this round. Like, so it could be nice for everybody. You know, and if you're interested in making yours nice then you're going to have to work at it. Right? So, that's where I'm at with fate and the non-attachment. It's like, you do what you do to the best of your ability, period. And I think everyone honestly is. And that might suck for you when they do what they do, but it even might suck for you or them when you do what you do. But it's just a matter of giving it time and working on it consistently. Persistent, conscious effort is how we make changes. So I hope that was beneficial. hope I said something helpful. Um, again, if you want to support this, theinfinitesparkofbeing.com has uh, all the buttons and things to click on for that to happen. Those of you that reach out, support me, help me out uh, by buying things and you guys are the best. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. I know what it takes to earn money, so I appreciate it. Um, if you have questions or comments, reach out. Um, if you want to talk, we can talk. We'll figure it out. That's it. I love you. Bye-bye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.